every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast, a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start, grow, or turn around your business. This is episode one of the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, John Paul Iwoha, and I'm very glad to be hosting the very first episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. It's been a long time coming. So um, it's interesting we're starting this podcast in the middle of a very serious crisis. The coronavirus pandemic, at the time of recording this episode, has claimed uh, more than 120,000 lives across the world. Um, The US is badly hit. Europe is going through its um, worst period right now. And Africa is bracing for what is expected to be a, a tough hit. Now, the interesting thing about the coronavirus pandemic is the kind of feelings and um, emotions that it brings up in people, especially the way it, it affects entrepreneurs. And that's exactly why I'm having this episode on the topic of the coronavirus pandemic, which is a crisis. And, you know, entrepreneurs have to learn how to deal with crisis because crisis, every crisis creates two things. Every crisis in the world, it doesn't matter what kind of crisis it is. It doesn't matter if it's a health crisis, a, a financial meltdown. Every crisis creates two things. Every crisis creates problems and it creates opportunities. The problem is most times as humans, we are too focused on the problems that we miss out on the opportunities. And Nobody nobody talks about the opportunities. Everybody is focused on the problems. The media, social media, friends, family, everybody is focused on the problem. And it makes sense to be afraid of uh, a dangerous enemy like the coronavirus pandemic. But I'm hoping I can use this episode to provide a different perspective and to help you think differently about the crisis, even as you go through these um, trying times. Now, the very first thing to to mention about this crisis is that Every time in human history, there have been unprecedented events like this. Events like this that have come and, you know, decimated human lives, high death rates, created high unemployment, created high economic uncertainty. In the case of the coronavirus pandemic, for the very first time in history, the oil price slump sent the price of a barrel of oil below zero for the very first time. This is one of the worst price falls since the 1930s. Now, it's important to understand that crises are a a fundamental part of how the world works. Life is a journey of cycles, and you would find philosophies about this scattered everywhere in every culture, in every religion. It's called yin and yang. It's called the cycle of feast and famine. There is a time for feast, and there is a time for famine. There is a time to sow, and there is a time to reap. There is a time for fortune, and there is a time for misfortune. There is a time for light. There is a time for darkness. There is a time for war. And after war comes peace. And there's a time for confidence. And there is a time for fear. And after fear comes confidence. And after confidence comes fear. In the stock markets, there's a time for a bull market. And after a bull run, a bear market follows. And there is, of course, there is life and death. So life is a series, a continuing series 
of cycles. It's been happening this way for more than um, 3,000 years of recorded human history. After the night will come day, there is nothing you can do to stop it. Um, uh, after, after the feast, you need to prepare for famine because it's likely going to happen. Any farmer who does not prepare for time, trying times or times of crisis is clearly not being realistic. So each, cri it's, each crisis plays its role, but somehow it helps to even the scale. We don't understand how it works, but if you live on planet Earth, you need to understand that this is, that we live on, uh, we live on a planet, we're living a life that is made up of, of cycles. And it's also important to understand that every generation goes through a, a major existential crisis. So for our generation, it's likely the COVID-19 pandemic would be the biggest crisis of our generation. For my parents, it was, it was the Nigerian civil war. For my grandparents, it was the, the two world wars, the first and the second world war. For my great-grandparents, it was the transatlantic slave trade. So every generation is very likely to go through one, two, or more existential threats, you know, significant threats that would, would tumble everything upside down. So it's important to keep this in mind that, you know, every generation definitely will have their own burden to bear. It has nothing to do with them being unlucky or being unfortunate. It's just how, it's just how life works. And um, the other thing to, to mention about a crisis is that as humans, we are emotional creatures and the, the predominant emotion in a time of crisis is fear. Now, it's important to understand that fear is natural in a crisis. Because a crisis comes with uncertainty. A lot of people are losing their jobs. The debt rates are climbing. So, of course, there is a fear of, will I die? Will I live? The economic um, outcomes are looking very uncertain. Um, so, it's natural to feel fear in this, in this kind of situation. And it's also important to understand where this fear, fear is coming from, especially in the health crisis. So, to give you an example, when, when you have malaria, in, in Africa, that happens to be our, our normal um, uh, sickness. It's very likely that you go down with malaria once or twice in a year for most people who live on the continent. So when you go down with malaria, you don't think twice about going to the hospital to get a malaria drug. And for most people, you just go to a pharmacy and get the malaria drug. You don't need to pray for the malaria drug to work. You don't need to be optimistic for the malaria drug to work. The malaria drug just works. And that's because it's backed by certainty. It's backed by certainty. It's backed by science. So in those situations, there's no need to panic because you are very clear about what the disease is and you're very clear about the, 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 the medication that's going to settle it, that's going to cure it. And you just put it in that way and it works. Now, the reason we there's a lot of panic and fear with the COVID-19 crisis is that the bulwark of certainty we've always had, which is science, cannot answer some very important questions about this COVID-19 pandemic. Where did the disease come from? How can, we, how can we solve it? How can we cure it? Now, because science does not have an answer yet, science will eventually have an answer. Science is usually um, slower than our fears. So eventually science will catch up. Science has been able to to cure many of the biggest and most dangerous diseases that claimed human lives, from the Black Plague to pneumonia to all sorts of things. So 
science will eventually catch up with the coronavirus pandemic. But before science does, we would have to live with the fear of the uncertainty that's being created. And it's important to keep in mind that when we are afraid, we are very vulnerable. So in the absence of certainty, in the absence of, of certainty, fear takes the place of, of, um, of, of certainty and the things that we have grown to, to trust. So when we are afraid, we are vulnerable. We're very vulnerable. And you need to be careful not to make decisions or to start thinking in ways that, that, that undermine the, the fundamentals of life in general. So one thing is clear. The coronavirus pandemic will pass. There have been major events like the the uh, the Black Death, the the Spanish flu, series of earthquakes. There's been all sorts of natural health the health uh, crises, wars, both man-made and natural-made, that have claimed much more lives. And when these things were happening, everybody thought it was the end of the world. But the truth is, all those times will pass. The times of darkness will, would would immediately be followed by the time by, by by light. Night would always be followed by day. Day would always be followed by night. It's a philosophy of yin and yang. Our ancestors have known this for a very long time. And in many cultures, even when people go through hard times, it's always normal to expect that after the hard times, the good times will come. So you need to be careful about those people who would want to take advantage of your vulnerability at this time. It is very common in times of uncertainty, in times of crisis, for faith to, um, to, to, of course, take over. So if there's no science to believe in, if there's no science to help us, the only options we have is to, you know, look for greater meaning, which is important, which is important. For those of us who believe in, 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 the, in the existence of a supernatural being, this is the time you need a strong faith because, of course, there is no science now to save us. There are no drugs. Even our doctors are, are helpless. So yes, of course, it's important to have faith at this point, but do not allow um, your your vulnerability to um, to make you irrational. I think that's that's exactly what I'm trying to say. So um, now that I've given a sort of a, a picture of how um, you know this virus is affecting everybody, I am afraid. Everybody around me is afraid, but I need to understand that that fear is a natural part of a cycle. After this fear will come confidence. And I need to start looking at how do I use this fear in my advantage, which is really the crux of this episode, which is the real motivation I had for creating this episode. What is the opportunity in this fear? What is the opportunity in this crisis? Should we all just huddle up in our bunkers and just fear forever? We know that the fear will not last forever. We know that this will end. Um, when we had the most recent financial crisis, the 2008 uh, global um, financial crisis, the market slumped, everything was high unemployment, there was high economic uncertainty. But immediately after the financial um, meltdown in 2008-2009, go look at the stock, market, the stock market chart. The great bull run that's, that's lasted for almost 10 years started immediately after the global meltdown in 2008-2009. It's been one of the greatest bull run in uh, global stock markets, especially the US stock markets, in a long time. So. After a time of depression, after a time of setback, there's going to be a strong comeback. And you need to be ready for that comeback. If you're, so, if you're so lost in your fear, if you're so lost in what is going on and too focused on the problems, you are going to miss that opportunity. The moment this, this pandemic is over, there is going to be 
a strong recovery. It may not happen immediately. Um, some experts are forecasting an economic depression, or but we've been here before. We've had wars that devastated economies. We've had genocides. We've had large-scale human death and suffering, and that did not end the world. We, we would always recover. After the Second World War, the world recovered strongly, not even in terms of, uh, of the global economy, but we've had one of the longest periods of peace, almost 70 years of global peace. After the Second World War, that devastated uh, many parts of the world, especially Europe. So we are going to get out of this and you need to be prepared for what is coming after this. So it's important to look at how to cope with the crisis. Now, the very first step in dealing with this crisis is to understand that you are in the bottom of a cycle. You are, we are in the fear cycle and you need to understand that it's just a phase that will pass, just like night. It will pass and then the day will come. So you need to accept the fear that it is a natural uh, behavior, a, a natural emotional reaction to what is happening. We are afraid because there is uncertainty. We are afraid because we don't have answers to this dangerous um, disease that's, that's claiming a lot of human lives. We are afraid because we don't know where to turn to. All we have is our faith. So you need to understand that fear. Now, how do you harness that fear and and use it to your advantage. Now, I can talk about business strategy and then things you can do to reduce cost in your business and then maybe pivot and then try to protect or improve your revenues during this, this time or how to preserve capital. All of those strategies are important, but they are not as important as what I'm about to tell you. Nothing is going to work. You are not going to you're not going to come back strong after this crisis if you do not fix your mental game. I've, I've, I've tried for many years to figure out why some people go to business school, have very advanced education in business, but they, they do not succeed as much as somebody else who didn't have that kind of exposure to formal you know, education or even advanced, advanced business education but they succeed really well. And I've come to understand from my personal observation and research that the defining factor, the, the, the X factor, the thing that makes a difference between those entrepreneurs who do really well and those ones who, do, who don't do well or just get by is the strength of their mental game, their inner game. It's the mind that makes the entrepreneur. The strategies are the cherry on top. But if your inner game is flawed, you will not go very far. So, and one of the best times to forge a strong inner game, to strengthen your inner person, is during times of crisis. That is the time a man or a woman is introduced to, to him or herself. A crisis introduces you to yourself. In the good times, everybody can do well. Like they say, a, a, rising, a rising tide you know, raises all ships. Everybody is very easy to do well when the economy is good and unemployment is low and you know there is uh, peace and harmony, it's very easy for most people to do well. In fact, you don't need to do much to do well. But when we, we separate, um, when, 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 when the good guys get separated from the rest of us is during times of a crisis because there is something special that comes with a crisis. A crisis helps you to forge a stronger inner game. So like I said, the very first step to... Um, to finding the opportunity in this crisis is to first accept that we are in a cycle and like in every cycle, it will pass. So we are not in, this is not doomsday. This is not the apocalypse. Every single crisis before this was seen as the apocalypse from volcano eruptions that wiped out entire, an entire town to world wars that decimated most parts of the world to 
diseases and pandemics that were worse than the COVID-19. People thought it was the end of the world, but the world did not end. We are living in a cycle. And if you do not understand the principle of how cycles work, you will be carried away in your times of feasting and forget to plan about famine. You're going to be carried away during the times of high confidence and forget to plan for periods like this when things are going really bad. So the best time to plan for growth is during the decline. The best time to time the best time to plan for prosperity is during the depression because all these crisis periods present you with tremendous opportunities. But if you allow yourself to be blinded by fear, you are going to lose a lot of this um a, a lot of these opportunities. So right now just to give you just to give you a, a brief overview, right now in the middle of a crisis, some some common things that happen would be talent will be cheap, you know, finding labor, finding good people, finding good people you can hire for your business to prepare for the growth that will come after the crisis is during the crisis. That's the best time to hire people because most people of course are facing uncertainty some people may be may have lost their jobs and things like that so labor is very cheap in times of crisis assets are very cheap everything drops because there is fear and uncertainty people are dumping assets yeah. investors investors are are moving towards more secure um forms maybe cash maybe the us dollar maybe gold but people are selling their assets everything from most most time from real estate to stocks to everything so so assets are on the cheap. The best time to get into the stock market is when, is, is when prices are depressed and there is no better time to get in than during times of crisis. So assets are very cheap during times of, of, of a crisis. And then another important, another important factor to know during times of crisis is that your competitors, most of your competitors are afraid to make bold moves. So during a time of crisis, people sit and wait and watch. That's what most people do. Nobody is making the bold moves. And what the crisis period um, gives you is an advantage to, to be bold when other people are afraid. And you can only be bold, you can only have the confidence to be bold if you understand the principle that we are just in a cycle that will pass. So if you have that kind of mentality, you are very likely going to be confident to make a move to prepare for the boom that is going to come after this. But those people who are in the grip of fear are going to hold on to anything they have. They're going to hold on to their strategies, their plans, their future projections, their vision and everything. They're going to put everything on ice. They're not going to act. That means you have the market for yourself. This is the time to increase your market awareness. All, almost all the, um, the advertising platforms in the middle of a crisis are dirt cheap. Nobody's advertising. Nobody's advertising in the time of crisis. Um, so you're seeing bidding inventories on social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter drop. So you can advertise to more people, you know, at a fraction of what it would have cost you in, in boom. In boom times, everybody's advertising. Everybody's bold in a time of, 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 of boom. But in a time of crisis, when people are afraid, that is the time for you to step out and get more market presence, get more visible in the market. And it happens that this is a special crisis because we are forced to, to, to stay indoors. We are forced to isolate. We are forced to, you know, be subject to a lockdown. Most people right now have the full attention of their phones, of their devices. So this is a good time to be out there to project. And this is also one of the reasons why 
I decided to launch this podcast in the middle of the crisis. I've been trying for a long time. This has been on my to-do list. But of course, when everybody is busy during the boom time, you have to deal with customers. There's all that pressure for deadlines and deliverables. And right now, there's a lot of time. I find that I have. I find I have a lot of time. So rather than use that time to brood in fear, this is a time to make a bold move, step out and and start looking at those things I've always wanted to do, but really didn't have the time to do it. But if you are gripped by fear, there is no way you will find the the boldness or the optimism to do new things. Because of course, if you think it's the end of the world, why would you make? Why would you do something new? We're all going to die anyway. That's what you think. So you're you're unlikely to make any any interesting moves. But if you understand that we are in a cycle, if you understand that day will always follow night, if you understand that peace will always follow war, if you understand that life will always follow death and and death will follow life, you would you would be in sync with 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 how the world functions. And um, of course, you can start coping with this crisis in ways that people around you may not understand. And then another interesting uh, point I, I need to mention here in terms of coping with the crisis is. As an entrepreneur, as a person who who has an idea or had an idea and transformed it into a business, our role in life, our role on earth as entrepreneurs, our role, our role in our businesses is that we are the visionaries in, in chief. Our job is to, is to show other people the future. And entrepreneurs build the future. We literally build the future. So in times of a crisis, you need to take, you need to step into that position of visionary in chief. You need to reach out to your customers, reach out to your employees, reach out to your investors, reach out to your distributors and keep selling hope to them. Your job in this period is to sell hope to your people because almost everybody is, is vulnerable and gripped by fear. But your job is to sell hope and let people know that this time is going to pass and you are working hard for the for the good times that are coming you need to start selling the good times to people in the times of crisis you need to let them see beyond the current problems and the the, the current misfortune you need to let them understand that this is just a fall and we're going to bounce from this and that we need to start thinking about how to bounce from this so that's exactly your role you're not supposed to cuddle in your shell everybody's looking up to you your employees are looking up to you your customers are looking up to you your investors are looking at you. Your distributors are looking at you. You need to step into that position and sell the future. That's always what we do. When you're trying to raise money from an investor, you're selling the future. When you're trying to employ somebody, you're selling them the future. If you're trying to sell something to a customer, you're selling them the future. And there is no better time to sell the future than when people think there is no future. You need to step into that position and sell them the future. And um, the very uh, third important thing I, I, I want to mention in this episode is the power of starting small, which is a very unique gift and opportunity that a crisis gives you. It allows you to start small. And, you know, because of all the other things I mentioned, everything is cheap during a depression. Everything is cheap during a crisis. Um, all of a sudden, your budget, your small budget now looks like it can actually go all the way. So starting small is a gift. Now, again, um, this this all comes with the whole yin and yang, um, up and down, uh, light and darkness thing. A lot of people are unwilling to start small because let's face it, starting small can be embarrassing, it can be ugly, it can be, it can make you feel insecure. Everybody wants to start big with a bang. I often meet entrepreneurs who tell me the reason they haven't that they have this lovely business idea, but the reason they haven't um, done anything on the business idea is it, it requires a lot of capital. 
they need $1 million, you know, to start the business. And I always chuckle because nobody is going to risk that kind of money on your idea. You know, so all you're risking is your idea, but you want somebody else to risk $1 million. So what do you lose if the business doesn't work? Which is, of course, as optimistic people, entrepreneurs never think that their ideas or businesses will never work. But again, that is how that is how life is. There is a cycle of fortune and misfortune. Not every business idea will work. But if your business idea doesn't work, what happens to the people who give you that kind of money? That is why you need to start small. You need to have your own skin in the game. But I can understand a lot of people are not willing to start small because starting small, like I said, can be embarrassing. It can be ugly. It can make you feel insecure. So take this take this uh, podcast, for example. I've been in this game for a long time, helping businesses, helping entrepreneurs who are trying to start their business, who are trying to grow their business, and those people who are trying to turn around their business. I know from the feedback I get from clients that I'm good at this. So even before I started, whatever fears or insecurities I, I have, it, it's, been, it's been dissipated a long time ago because when you deal with happy clients and they tell you, they tell you what you already, what you doubt about yourself, it gives you confidence. But I've always had this, I've always stepped back from starting a podcast. So, and, um, you know, so let me, I'm just going to try to analyze some of the fears I've had to help those of us who are thinking of starting something. It doesn't matter what dream you've, you, you've, you've always had. The danger of not starting at all is that there is a bigger enemy you have to deal with. And that enemy is called regret. Regret is going to taunt you until, until your dying days. The, the regret of something you should have done, you could have done, but didn't do, is so great that it's going to bite you till you leave the face of this earth. And if you don't want to face regret, the best you can do is to start. And even if you fail, it is better. You can live with your conscience that you started this thing. It didn't work out. At least you did something about it. But the worst thing is, you know you could have done this. You should have done it. You, you had two hands and two legs. You had a brain. You had the idea. You had the guts to have an idea. But you didn't do something about it. It's going to it's going to taunt you for the for the for the for the for the, for the rest of your life. And um, I think this is a good time to bring in um, a joke I heard from uh, Les Brown the first time, who said that you know as 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 we die as humans die, around your deathbed will come those dreams you had but didn't fulfill the the books you said you would write but didn't write the business you said you would start but didn't start the business expansion plan you had but never give life to. All the people you said you were going to reach out to, to be investors, to help you grow the business, for partnerships. We, regrets are terrible because it's difficult to live with them, which is why you need to give yourself a chance to defend yourself in the face of regret. So that when regret comes, you can at least say, I did something. Yes, it didn't work, but I did something. So I, I had three, uh, I, I had three um, major drawbacks. Of course, internal, emotional, mental drawbacks when it came to starting a podcast. The first was, will people listen to me? Now, of course, I knew on a factual level that people would listen to me because I've been doing this for, for several years now. I know exactly what the pain points are in, in, uh, that entrepreneurs face as they're trying to start or, or grow a business or even turn around a business. I've done it several times. I know, I know what works. But, you know, there's always that fear, you know, will people listen to me? There are thousands, almost millions of podcasts in the world right now. There are thousands, hundreds of business podcasts. Why, why would anybody listen to you? But you know what? It doesn't matter whether they listen or not. 
because I am doing this as my defense against, against regret. Because when regret shows up, I can say, yes, I did it. I recorded a couple of episodes. Maybe a hundred people listened. Maybe a thousand people listened. But that's not the point. The point is you need to do something. No matter how small it is, you need to do something. So the insecurity of, will people buy from me? If I make this product, will people buy? The only way to find out is to actually propose that product to a customer. The only way to know if an investor will invest to you is to pitch your business. You can't just make up your mind inside a corner and say they are not going to give me money. You don't know that. You, that. you don't know that. So the only way to know is to try. The only way to know is to get in the ring and take a chance. So the point here is not failing. So if you're afraid of failure, you're looking at it the wrong way. Failure is actually your friend. It's actually your defense because there's a bigger enemy called regret. So you need to get in the ring and find out. The only way you will know if that distributor will, will agree to carry your product is to approach them, pitch them the product and try. You cannot make up your mind for other people because you are not a mind reader. I've never met a, a mind reader before. So the insecurity of will people buy from me? Will people listen to me if I start the podcast? Will the investor give me money? Will, will, will that guy um, I've been trying to poach agree to work in my business? My business is so small, but he works in a multinational company. You cannot make up your mind for that guy because you don't know what he's going through. You need to pitch him first. If you fail, congratulations, because failing means that you actually tried. The worst is not even trying at all. That is a, and it's difficult for a human to live with regrets. Think of the things that you regret the most in your life. That's exactly what the pain feels like. So, so my first fear was, will people listen to me? The second fear was, of course, of course, I have an African accent. My goodness, who's going to listen to an African? So these days, everybody in the media, you, you, you tune into local radio stations and everybody is speaking with an American accent, a British accent, and a Francophone African countries, it's a, the French or Belgian accent. So, and of course, this accent thing has become quite the thing. You're talking to somebody and the person has a foreign accent. Automatically, you start to think they are smart people. You know, but, 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 but it has no relationship. That you speak in a certain way doesn't confer certain attributes to you. Now, I don't want to go into the issue of uh, colonial mentality and, um, and um, inferiority complex and things like that, but that's exactly how the world works. You, you, you have an accent and then people think, oh, that person is smart. That person really should have something to offer. But like I told you, I don't care. I'm focusing on the substance of what I have to deliver and I'm doing this to make sure that I do not have to face up up, I do not have to face up with regret. But on the on the on the on the good side, I've actually had a couple of people who say, hmm, I like your Nigerian accent. You know, Nigerian accent is cool. And I thought they were joking, and I've seen a couple of lists on the on the internet, you know, saying uh, top ten um top ten accents in the world. And I, I've seen a couple of African accents in there, and I'm like, well, okay. So we tend to judge ourselves very harshly when we compare ourselves to others, and that is the problem. We need to we need to compare ourselves ourselves less with others. And that's because you cannot compare an apple with a grape or an orange with a banana. Now, there's no basis for comparison. They are fruits, but they are very different fruits. They have very different tastes. They give they have they contain very different um, minerals and vitamins. You it's unfair to say a banana is better than a pineapple. 
it's it's very unfair because they are not the same thing so we need to start to appreciate the qualities that we have they might be very they might be unique they might be queer they might be strange they might be rare but you need to be comfortable in your skin and if you do that the same people who see you for what you are who appreciate the banana in you or the pineapple in you or the apple in you naturally will be drawn to you like a magnet and then the, the third um internal setback I, I i i had was um going out of my comfort zone now i am i am very comfortable at writing i would actually say so myself that um, i think i'm a very good writer i'm very comfortable with writing and um but, but speaking is totally different because with speaking you have to express your thoughts directly from your brain to your mouth there is no break there is no latency but for writing i can i can reflect on what i'm about to write even after I write, I can take it back. Of course, yes, if I record a podcast, I can always edit it, but it's not quite the same as, as writing. So that stepping out of my, going out of my comfort zone has always been um, a challenge. You know, I'm good at writing. I can write articles. I can blog. I can do reports. I can craft business um, plans and documents and strategies and things like that. But speaking, yes, I do speaking on stage, but a, a podcast is a totally different thing. And I'm very glad I am facing up to this fear. And um, which is another key giveaway for, for this episode. You need to confront your fears. And when you confront your fears, the very first thing, the very first thing you're going to notice is that our fears are worse than reality. More than 90% of the things we, we are afraid of are just made up in our minds and will never happen. So if you think of this crisis, for example, if you're going to be very, very frank with yourself, just think about all the fears you have about what you think is going to happen to you, to your family, to your to your assets, to your job, to the economy. It, it's like it's like a zombie movie in your head when you think about a crisis, and that's how fear is. Fear blows reality out of proportion. Fear blows reality out of proportion. Some people have 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 called it um, um you know uncertain things appearing real or whatever that acronym for for fear is. But you need to understand that your fear is worse than what is going to happen in reality. And I think it's an uh, evolutionary signature. So when you are afraid of a lion, you you know, maybe the extra fear makes you run faster or you, of course, get your adrenaline up and makes you have a a faster and and better response to, to the threat. But whatever fear is, you need to accept it for what it is. Fear is a distortion of reality. Most of the fears we have will never, ever happen will never happen. So you need to, when, when, when you look at fear as a bully, you know, a bully looks big, he looks muscular, but maybe he has, maybe he can't even match you in terms of strength, but you cannot know what that bully, you cannot know that that bully is actually a weak person until you face up to the bully. So fear is a bully. And until you face up to it, you are not going to find your confidence. Like I said, the good times are coming and the best time to prepare, to prepare for the good times is in the time of a crisis. Everything favors you right now, but you need to fix your inner game. Without your inner game, it will be impossible to harness most of the opportunities, most of the unseen opportunities that are around you. If you allow fear to grip you, you are going to be focused a lot on the problems and not on the opportunities that are presented in um, in this in this crisis. So I hope um, I've given hope to somebody. I hope I've fired up your gut somehow. I hope I've given somebody a reason to see that this is just a temporary setback. It may last 
two years, three years. But go and look at every single crisis. You don't need to believe me. Go and look at every single crisis in human history. Every single crisis. From the Black Death that, that, that wiped off more than 30 to 40% of the human population on Earth. The population always recovers. After a war in any part of the world, go, go watch what happens to the population. The population recovers. After the genocides in, in wars, the population always recovers. When the economy goes into a slump, it always recovers. Go and look at the great bull run. The one has been going through for the past 10 years, just before this COVID-19 crisis. It started from the bottom of the global recession in 08-09. Go and look at it. Every crisis is followed by a comeback, a major comeback. In fact, so a crisis is not even a fall. If a crisis is more like a bounce. So I hope you um, put this in proper perspective and prepare for the great future that is coming. Remember, your job as an entrepreneur is you are the visionary in chief. You need to sell hope. You need to sell audacity. You need to sell confidence in the future because the future is coming. It's definitely coming. And you need only those people who are prepared for it would take advantage of this crisis and use the opportunities that it presents to get ready for that future that is coming. So, um, I'll see you in the next episode and take care and be safe. Be safe, of course. That you have confidence doesn't mean you are not going to, you're not going to do, practice social distancing. You're not going to protect yourself and your family. Of course, that is the rational thing to do. But remember, fear is irrational. Fear means you're going beyond the bounds of rationality into things that are very unlikely going to happen. So yes, stay safe. Practice the, 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 the hygiene, hygiene and sanitary things you're supposed to do to protect yourself because we need you for that future that is coming. But don't go, don't step beyond the bounds into the region of irrationality and start conjuring things in your head that are very unlikely going to happen. Like I said, if you're looking for confidence, go and look at what has happened in human history. Human recorded history is more than 4,000 years and we've had all kinds of, all kinds of calamity you can imagine has happened to humanity. But we always come back strong. Every the naysayers would always say it's the end of the world, it's the apocalypse. A lot of people prey on people's vulnerabilities, people's fears. But if you look at human history, you would see it for what it is: that day always follows night, that feasts always follows famine, and famine always follows feast, that peace always follows war, that confidence always follows fear, and fear sometimes follows confidence, that the stock markets go through bull runs through rises and they fall, that economies grow and decline. But nothing ever stays the same because life is a cycle. Thank you for listening to this first episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.